This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael in the studio. We've got a great question for the day, Pastor Michael. What verses have you shared most often over the years? And it was directed to you and I. Awesome. So what's challenging about this is no two circumstances are are the same. So you could have 10 people who are dying, right? And you're absolutely um, going in the right direction, I think. It's it's one of these things where, you know, person A might be filled with tons and tons of fear. Um, the next person may approach their death with incredible amount of confidence. The next person you may be having to minister to their family mm-hmm. more than the person. And so there, it's it's really hard to kind of pull out, like, what are the three biggies? Because every circumstance we're in, uh, the Word of God speaks very directly, but very differently, right. depending on our relationship and what they're working through. And so, Tim, I have three okay. uh, that I've pulled out. I know you have a couple. And so mm-hmm. h- how about we ping pong? We go back Sounds and forth. Good. I'll share, you share, I share, you share. And if you got more, then you can finish. So <laughs> um, the first one is actually my wife and I's wedding verse and marriage verse. It's okay. Colossians 1, 17 that says, Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. And so the text is speaking to Jesus is eternally preexistent. He's God. But then it also says in him, um, this entire world holds together. He is the glue um, that holds all of this universe together. He is in control is what it's saying. And for people who particularly are suffering, they want to know, is Jesus in control? Is he around? Does he know what he's doing? Well, yeah, he's holding everything together. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, I want to be on his team. And so when people are struggling, when people are wondering about God's control and is God good and what's happening, I say, look, let's just create a baseline verse right now. Jesus is eternally preexistent. He always has been and always will be. And in him, all that you see is being held together. And he allows, ordains, or permits all things for the good of those who love him. And so that would be kind of one of my baseline verses that I come back to, honestly, probably the most of any. Okay. Your turn. Tag. So, so clearly you and I are thinking differently because you're looking at the baseline from a positive perspective. You must be the <laughs> the ultimate optimist. I must be the optimate, optimal <laughs> pessimist uh, because I've got a verse that is my baseline verse and it really deals with our sin nature. You know, and so often people recognize that they're struggling. Mm-hmm. But they they want to point the blame to someone else. Mm-hmm. They want to blame their circumstances or another individual. And most often what I find myself doing is coming back to the reason we're having problems is because we're a sinner. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Those verses I tend to go to more often yep. at the beginning of a conversation with someone To point out, no, we are broken. Mm. We are separated from God because of our sin, because of our choices, because of our nature. And until we recognize and embrace the fact that we are sinners, fallen and separated from God, there is no counsel that can follow. Because, you know, our culture tries to say, no, our biggest problem is not that we're sinners. It's because we feel that we've been told that we're sinners. We're not really broken. We've just been told that we're broken. Our biggest problem is not that we think too much of ourselves. It's that we think too little of ourselves. Or she's the problem. I'm not the the problem. problem. Exactly. I'm fine. And it's like, no, no. If only I had a different whatever. Exactly. In marriage counseling or or any other kind of counseling that you have, you got to bring back to the baseline. No, the problem is me. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem is 
I'm a sinner. I'm selfish. And let's embrace that and then look to answers. Yep. Good. I, I think I probably am a better pastor than you. That's you sure. must be. Yeah, Got to be. I'm the optimist. <laughs> I'm the pastor. You're, like, You're terrible. I'm like, Jesus is in control. <laughs> Here's my second one. First John 4, 4. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Mm, Huge. Yeah. Because uh, people are concerned about darkness in the spiritual realm. And Christians have, I think, an acute awareness of, we'll just say, the spiritual world and the spiritual battle that's going on around us. And so I get to remind people, whether it is uh, a nation or the Antichrist or Satan himself, that the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Mm. We are conquerors. We are victors. We have won the battle. And I, I really believe that people knowing fundamentally their position of victory in Jesus Christ as they engage uh, either an oppressive world or an oppressive demonic realm, um, we enter into this already winning. So should they take my life? Okay, I win. I mean, this world is a, it's a blink of an eye. Eternity mm, is forever. Yeah. And so, okay, take my life. I win. You know? Okay. Right. Um, maybe Jesus allows a demon to oppress my physical body, not my security, not my mm -hmm. safe, not my um, my soul. But maybe like Paul, he allows a demon to give me a thorn. Okay, fine. Do that. Um, I win anyways. Yeah. And the only reason you're allowed to do this is because Jesus is trying to humiliate you by showing you that I will worship him even when you do make me suffer, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. All right. Now I get to be the optimist, <laughs> you know? You, you skipped your second one, didn't you? you <laughs> no, 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 one, no, 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 you? no, 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 like, no, no, no. My no, next one was... Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, truly, I I have to go from the pessimistic side yeah. to the optimistic <laughs> side, and it is repent therefore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romans five six. Uh, I'm sorry, Romans five eight. But God showed His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And again, it's the bad news, good news. You got to have the bad news first before you can have the good news. Yep. And the good news is the grace of God that we have to come back to that we were sinners, we were his enemies, and yet God so loved us that he sent Christ to die for our sins. He so loved us that while we were fighting against him, we were going our own way, he still loved us enough to die for us. And I use that verse a lot of times, especially in, in marriage counseling, hmm. to deal with, you think your wife or you think the husband is your enemy? They're not your enemy. Your greatest enemy is yourself, and the greatest grace is that God loved you. Now, take that grace that you've been given, the love that you've received from God, and transfer that mm. to another sinner that is broken and far from God, and exercise what you've received, the forgiveness that you've received for someone who, who doesn't necessarily deserve it, but someone who should receive it just as you received it. Preach. My final one is 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul says, no eye has seen nor ear heard what the Lord, or sorry, nor heart imagined what the Lord has prepared for those who, who love him. And this is one mm, I find verse. really when people are on the brink of death, when they are suffering, if they hear they have cancer and it's terminal, this is the one that I come to. Uh, every funeral I ever preach, I share this verse it is either the main point of my sermon or a subpoint because for those who trusted in Jesus Christ, uh, we can't even begin to fathom what Jesus has prepared for us. And the hope of that, uh, I love the way Paul say it, says that the current sufferings are far outweighed by the future glories that await us. 
and whatever future glories um, await us are so incredible that if we could see them, we would choose to endure whatever depth of suffering somebody could put on us because of what Jesus has prepared for us. So I love, I just love this verse. Uh, it applies to people who are dying. It applies to funerals. It applies to people who are suffering. Persevere to the very end because the future glories far outweigh the present sufferings. Mm-hmm. Well, my next verse that I, I find myself going to very often is when you're talking with someone about, aren't all religions the same? What about good moral people? What about people that may be practicing uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or practicing Mormons? Aren't they good moral people? Mm. Doesn't God love them just as much as he does Christians or evangelical Christians? And I find myself going to this verse very often to make a distinction between what is biblical Christianity, Mm. who is Jesus in the eyes of the Bible, versus who is Jesus in the eyes of false religions. Jesus said these words in John 8, 23, and he said to them, he's talking about the Pharisees, you are from below and I am from above. (laughs) You are from this world and I am not of this world. I am the optimist. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, and this is Jesus saying, I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am you will die in your sins. And mm. what I usually do in, at that point is say, you realize that what Jesus is claiming is he is the I am that spoke to Moses from the burning bush. Mm. And he says, unless you believe that I am the one who spoke to Moses, unless you believe that I am God, you will die in your sins. Awesome. It is not enough to believe that Jesus died for your sins and he was a good moral teacher or that he was a good prophet or that he is a little G mm-hmm. in God yep. and not the God. You will die in your sins unless you believe that Jesus is God. What I've learned from this exercise is that you work with a lot of non-Christians mm. and I work with a lot of broken, suffering people. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yes. <laughs> interesting dynamic. I know. I didn't know what verses you were going to pull out. So mm-hmm. I actually had zero categories for like what you were going to, what you're going to say. That's great. And I love your verses because they do point us to what God is going to do and what he promises to do mm. for those who praise him, worship him, lift him high. And I look at the verses, I, I pick verses and tend to use verses that point people back to their brokenness and their need for Jesus, the biblical Jesus. Totally. Amen, bro. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Tim, so what's on the docket for tomorrow? Question for tomorrow is, how do I take a Sabbath from work and home duties with only a two-day weekend? Come back next time. Come back next time.